It is so great to be with you on this house church weekend as we find ourselves in the middle of our study on the book of Philippians or the epistle to the Philippian church written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, it's so amazing. Dan and I were actually talking this week about how incredible it is that God has the ability to speak to us 2,000 years later and know exactly what we would be dealing with. Uh, particularly, and even we did not know this as we sort of mapped out this series, which chapters and which portions would end up being on House Church Weekend. But here we find ourselves on this weekend where we're gathering together in homes throughout this region and we're kind of doing the work of community. I mean, we're, 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 we're rolling up our sleeves we're learning, we're, we're falling on our face at times, I'm sure. Maybe if you're anything like me, you know, realizing like, whoa, I'm being stretched here. Okay, ah, this is uncomfortable. Ow, okay, this is tough. Okay, wow. In some ways, maybe it'd be easier uh, not to do this or just to hang out with my three best friends and, you know, kind of we four no more. And yet here we find ourselves. And if you're in the sound of my voice, you're challenging yourself. You're pushing yourself or allowing the Lord to stretch you. And I believe that he's pleased as we just learn and discover and experiment and kind of do the work of becoming the body together, of, of truly experiencing supernatural community the way that Jesus knows it can happen. None of us have the answers, but we're just saying, Lord, you know what this can look like, what you want it to look like, and here we are, we're willing vessels. And so it's amazing how uh, God speaks to us right where we're at, and I believe this is a timely message as we find ourselves in these house churches several months in, maybe struggling with, you know, temptation to be discouraged or to lose hope or to wonder, you know, feel stuck in some way way with perhaps even others within our house church group. And God wants to speak to us right where we're at. Uh, and so we're going to pick it up right here in Philippians chapter 2. And uh, I, I want to share with you today verses 1 through 11. Um, but I want to uh, start with verse 2, and it says these words. So I'm asking you, my friends, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity, with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Wow. He doesn't pull any punches. He just right out of the gate lays it out there, kind of turns the corner from expressing the joy in the partnership of the gospel that he had with the Philippian church, expressing that to live is Christ, to die is gain, all of that in chapter one. But man, right here, he just seems to like take a turn and go, okay, here's the challenge. Here's what God believes is possible. Here's what God says is in us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's the type of community he's calling us to live in. And really the specific um, traits or, or, or behaviors or skills that are gonna become necessary for us to truly enjoy this kind of community together. And I'm telling you what, uh, talking in our teaching team with Pastor Janelle, she was saying, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to have a little inventory and where we can actually even place our first name 
in those phrases and sort of ask ourselves, or more importantly, ask the Holy Spirit, how am I doing? Uh, for example, if I were to put my name, it says, you know, DJ walks together with one harmonious purpose with others, or DJ is free from pride-filled opinions. Ow, okay. Or DJ doesn't allow self-promotion to hide in his heart. Okay, I'm not even gonna read anymore. Uh, maybe you wanna do this with your spouse or maybe with a close friend or someone else in your house church if you're a part of one. Because wow, you know, if we ask ourselves, does that sound like me or does that sound ridiculous? And uh, it may be a wake-up call to all of us to recognize, okay, Lord, I need you. Lord, there's a work that I need you to do in my heart as I desire to grow in these areas and to truly walk in this lifestyle. And so, but here's the thing. Paul doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit doesn't stop there from challenging us in those things. But he continues kind of with the one, two, three eyes on me with these words. And consider the example of Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was, uh, he was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. How incredible that God can actually multiply greatness through us. But here's what it says. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, on the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. I'll tell you what, what an example. Obviously, we need to look no further than to Jesus, the one who being in very nature God, chose to empty himself of that aspect for a season to truly come down. You know, it made me think uh, just over a month ago, we experienced a tragedy here in Colorado in, in Boulder. And um, we, we recognized what a terrible day that was. And when everybody was running out of that King Supers as fast as they could, there was one person who was walking in a completely different attitude and in a completely different mindset. And that was Officer Eric Talley. He was the first officer, the first police officer to respond to the scene. And he actually was running towards the problem. He actually was running towards danger. He actually was putting his life on the line. And ultimately he did end up laying down his life to save other lives. And it makes me think, is that not a picture of the Jesus that we see in this passage? Where, you know, it would be easy to use uh, uh, our status or our rank. I've done it many times, perhaps you have, to say, you know what? I don't need to get involved in that problem. I don't need to get involved in that situation. I didn't cause that problem. It's not my deal. But Jesus is exactly the opposite. And we're told here to let his mindset become our motivation. Listen to what N.T. Wright says. The pre-existent son regarded equality with God not as excusing him from the task of redemptive suffering and death, 
but actually as uniquely qualifying him for that vocation. In other words, wow, Jesus said, you know what? The very status I have of being God is what actually qualifies me to take on your problem and to make it my problem and to lay down my life for you. And that's exactly the attitude and the mindset he had. Here's the good news. His nature is in us and we've been born of his seed. So when Jesus calls us to begin to walk in that kind of selflessness, that kind of humility, he's done it first, but we are born of his seed. That's in you and that's in me. No matter, we might have to dig a little bit, but it's in there by the seed of the power of Jesus. Here's the trick though. You know what? Uh, that passage, of course, it wasn't a chapter back when it was written, when Paul was writing it. It was just one letter or perhaps several, several different letters. But here's the thing. That verse one begins with this word. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and so forth. And he continues on that exhortation that we read at the very beginning. So it starts with big if. What is that if? He's saying, I believe it's like a, a sticker that says, start here. You can't even get to, you have no hope of truly experiencing this supernatural community, this supernatural life of brotherhood where we forgive each other, where we uh, honor one another above ourselves, where we put away our own selfish opinions or our, our selfish ambition, we have no chance whatsoever of walking in that if we don't do these things first. What are those things? He says this, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. That word encouragement is, I believe, forgive my terrible Greek here, but paraklesis, which means properly to call or urge someone or a call or an urging that is done by someone close beside. Someone close beside us, calling us, urging us onward. It reminds me of when my friend Dan, uh, years ago, back in 2014, I ran my first and only to this point. You never know what the future holds. But first, Helly to this point, half marathon, 13.1 miles. Man, it was a huge challenge. I pushed myself more than I ever had. I trained for months and months. But on the day that, that I was running that race in Highlands Ranch, man, he would park his car along with a handful of other people that would cheer me on. But he would actually, in his flip-flops, which of course, all of you know, Pastor Dan, he's 99% of the time until the snow is over his feet in the snow, he's wearing flip-flops. He would run a block or two with me in flip-flops, encouraging me, man, you're pace is incredible. Man, you're doing great. Man, I can't believe you're going, you're doing awesome. And I'll tell you what, I can't even describe what that did in my spirit to have someone close by who believed in me, who was for me, just calling me, urging me onward. That he's saying, do you have that encouragement in Jesus, in being united with Christ? That's where he wants us to get that kind of encouragement and he's offering it to us. What about this? Comfort from his love. That also is a para word, paramethion, which means consolation or comfort produced by using soothing words. And again, it has that same para, which means from someone close by. So he's saying that his love, he and his love is close by us 
us, wanting to comfort us, saying, man, I know it's hard. Man, I know your legs are sore. Man, I know that you're getting cramps. I know this community life is hard. I know sister so-and-so goes on and on with her prayer request. I know brother so-and-so goes on and on with his biblical knowledge. And I know, you know, you maybe have a hard time sharing because you're shy or whatever. You know, God knows all of us. He knows what we struggle with. He knows it's okay. He, he comes next to us with soothing words, encouraging us, letting us know he sees, he knows how hard it is, but he also sees that we're taking steps to humble ourselves and to learn to walk in community. And so I believe the third thing there is, is there any common sharing? Or another translation says, is there any deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit? Koinonia, just having things in common that bring us into a fellowship, that bring us into a relationship because that thing we share is so powerful. I believe then, of course, he goes on to talk about tenderness and compassion, which literally means uh, uh, internal organs. I'm not going to go into detail. You can research it for yourself, but it's pretty intense what's listed there of actual internal organs being moved in compassion, in sympathy, seeing each other through God's eyes. I'm telling you what, the good news of all this is that God is saying, I wanna offer all this to you. You have no hope, DJ, of truly walking in this humility and this love and this grace in your house, church, in your marriage, in your family, with your kids, with your parents, with your coworkers, whatever it might be. You have no chance if you're not first coming to me and letting me provide that encouragement running next to you. Letting me provide that sympathy. Don't try to get it from other people. Man, if we've tried that, I guarantee you, they'll let us down. Others are gonna hurt us. Others are gonna misjudge us or, or misunderstand us. It doesn't mean we can't be encouraged by others, but I believe God's saying, you know what? At the core of it all, make fellowship with Jesus the root of my strength. Let it be the root of my encouragement, the root of my comfort, the root of my compassion and tenderness. And if I'm willing to do that and dig into his compassion and his strength, and I'm willing to keep my eyes on his example, the one who went before me to lay down his life and be humble, I believe that we will experience incredible breakthroughs as we continue to do the nasty, messy, difficult work of truly learning what does it mean to be the body of Christ in fellowship and in relationship with each other. I hope this has challenged you as much as it has me. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit just ignites the discussion. I wanna encourage you, don't be shy. Share, if there's been something that has sparked you, bring it up because there's incredible things that God wants to do as we share and chew on his word together. Let's not give up. Let's press in even further to the things that lie on the other side of the battle for community.